guys. This is Lavetta. This is Miriam. And this is also Notorious Women Podcast, a comedy podcast about some of history's most notorious women. That's right. Hi, Lavetta. <laughs> hey, Miriam. How are you doing, Hi. my friend? You know what? I don't have COVID anymore, so I'm good. <laughs> well, you look good. You <laughs> always you. look good, but you look back to your old self. You look healthy. <laughs> I feel like I'm back to normal. Like, I feel completely back to normal, which yeah. is really good. Well, it's going, it, apparently there's another strain. So that's probably why you yeah. got sick. Because I'm sure you, you're boosted. So um, it's. I'm all the things. I'm, if there was a shot, I got it. You know, like. <laughs> yes. But there's another strain going around. Yeah. That's probably why you got it. So, but, yeah. you know, don't, I'm glad you guys are better. You and the family. That's the thing. When you live with other people, you, you're going to give yeah. it to them. Listen, yeah. I tried. I lived in my tower. I lived in my tower. I was a princess in the tower uh -huh. and I got all my food delivered to me. It was really, I'm not like, I wasn't mad about it. <laughs> you sound like a lot of married people who have children. They're like, I yeah, actually got I rest. Like, mm. I took naps when I felt like it because it was the right thing to do. Right. Yes. Rest so you can heal. Okay. What'd you watch? Did you get catch up on your shows? Oh my god! Do you watch The Bear? No, I know you like that show. Oh, listen, I, I finished the whole thing. I, this is the thing. I'm I'm a weirdo, as as you yes. all know. Yes, I know I'm a weirdo. <laughs> There's something about food and people yelling that gives me anxiety. Like that's why when I watch like was a Gordon Ramsay and he's yelling or they're like chefs are so demanding I'm like why are they yelling over the food I don't okay. need you to be yelling and spitting all over my food well having worked in restaurants like a lot yeah it's very satisfying to know that I'm not alone <laughs> and that yes. what I saw yes it's real that's really what's happening it's kind of like it justifies like a part of my life in a way, but also like, I love food so much. And so I love watching the, like the journey to get to, to new, I don't know. Like I, it's, it's lame, but it's food. It shouldn't be accompanied with yelling and drama that, is food. It's food, food is drama. Food is drama. You've so. never had to feed small children. Food is drama, girl. No, okay. yeah, I, food yeah. is drama. Like, but you know, I watch this because again, I'm a weirdo, and I've always been an 80 year old woman, British woman. I watched this. Yes, you are this. an 80 year old British woman, and that's why because of friends. course I, okay. I know, of course I have Brit Box. Uh, of course you do subscription. Of course, mm -hmm. and there's this thing about the the Ritz Hotel. I didn't know the Ritz was a British hotel originally. I didn't know that. I didn't either, but that seems I, right. Yeah, yeah, that seems right. Yeah. And it's about this tradition and like, and then they were talking to the, the chef and he seemed really kind of cool and calm. And I'm like, see, that's the kind of chef I want cooking my Christmas goose in the kitchen <laughs> like, when I visit the Ritz. I love okay. that. Like we're both obsessed with a country that was like really into colonialism. You know, oh. like, 
the biggest British import other than uh, colonialism uh, is their uh, their murder mysteries, their culture. Yes. You know, I mean, right. Like colonialism aside, my God, I love them. You know? <laughs> oh, no. No, this is why I know when they're like, oh, you're American, so racist. I'm like, uh, you guys oh. taught us how to be um, racist. OK, I'm sorry. What? <laughs> yeah. That whole Meghan Markle thing didn't surprise me. Mm-mm. OK, no, no. Mm-mm. Simmer down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice so, try, anyway. though. Nice try. That's cute. <laughs> That's really cute. <laughs> because they have that that uh, that accent. It fools you because you right. think, oh, they're civilized. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, oh, civilized. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Some colonialism. Somebody posted on Twitter the other day um, because, you know, the original title, I think it was the original title of 10 Little Indians or and then there were none was yeah. 10 Little N-Words. No, yeah. well, you know what? I keep being surprised by things I should not be surprised by. Racism in the UK. Yes, buddies. And so it was changed to 10 Little Indians and then eventually it was fine. changed to <laughs> and then there were none. Uh, yeah. I just so I love how they went from racism to racism. I mean, <laughs> yeah somebody was like wtf i was like oh yeah yeah like i mean there's things we all love that are problematic right like there's things that you're just like stuff does not age well song of the south it's bad i i don't know i just like that fucking gone with the wind i'm not a gone with the wind i just again carol bonnett's version is the the best no that's the version (laughs) that's the true version in my head that's the real version Yes. yes. Exactly. You know, I'd never go hungry again. <laughs> um, also, Scarlett O'Hara was played by a British woman. Uh, yes, she was. Yes, she Finn was. D, you know, so. Fiddly um, Girl. Yeah. You're a little queen. What are you doing? The, you know, the I will say, though, growing up in the South, and we're all, um, um, we all are, uh, what, what's the word where they're always afraid that woke people are going to do to kids? Uh, what they, when you oh, indoctrinate, oh, oh. indoctrinate indoctrinate kids, right? And so there's some stuff I, I've gotten when I became an adult. I was like, that was fucking racist. But as mm-hmm. a kid, I loved, right, some of the cartoons. But also, oh, yeah. like, um, there was a, a, a made-for-TV series called North and South. And I Patrick remember Swayze, North and South. Patrick Swayze. Oh, he damn, played I love Patrick Ore. Swayze. Oh. He played the Southerner. We <laughs> <laughs> were rooting for Ore. Oh the my God! Why are we loving him right now? I and I was just like, it hit me recently. I was like, I think Patrick Swayze was from the South because I remember the guy from the North, the Yankee, was portrayed as like a bad guy. His name was George, I think. You know, and he'd be like, he was like my military ability or something. I, I don't know. I just I used to like quote it as a little, little, little kid. My military oh my ability, you know, because I love a bad southern accent. But yeah, um, yeah, like stuff like that. Or like now I watch like uh, I've been saying a lot with my grandparents and they watch like Gunsmoke, like those old, old timey oh, like yeah. TV shows. And I'm like, this is suddenly white supremacist. It's like Little House on the Prairie. Mm. Like, it's all very like, look at these good, clean white folk. That's Listen, the, I, I remember. The so when I was, oh, 100%. When I was in, yeah. we should get started, but I got to say this. When I was in grade school, I went to a Jewish day school. And so they, we watched, there's one episode of Little House on the Prairie that does 
discuss anti-Semitism. And we watched it as kids because I remember this episode because I watched it on and off, but I loved the books. The, I didn't, the series was fine, but I loved the books. So I was excited to watch it. And it was, they attempted, this was their woke episode um, yep. to like, like, that's as far as they went is to yeah. address anti-Semitism at the time and then tell all the little boys and girls watching the show that anti-Semitism is bad. And it was like, you know, the, they're like, oh, Jews, they have horns on their heads. And they're like, it turns out Jews don't have horns on their heads. And that was like the lesson. <laughs> oh, where did that stereotype come from? The horns and stuff. I've never no heard that idea. before. That, that, that was when I learned it. I was like you, fourth grade. That's yeah. when you learned it. You know, you yeah. taught me so much about like, like that, because like I said, uh, most black people are like, oh, Jewish people. Are, and I know you're like, it's not the same. It's not the same because anti-Semitism is a real thing. People have said anti-Semitic stuff with me, I guess, thinking that I'm also anti anti-Semitic because I'm not Jewish, but I'm like, oh, uh, Jewish people are white. If you don't like them, I know you don't like my black ass. My black Listen, ass. Like, well, it's I'm like always people, suspicious. People try to be anti- racist to me and I'm like, no. I, I no, And also it's, it's the stereotypes. I'm like, but all white people are like that. <laughs> like, like, it's like that mm-hmm. old joke that uh, Chris Rock has. It's like black people don't have time to be separate white people into categories. <laughs> I mean, it's, like, it's black well, people also, don't hate Jewish people. Black people hate white people. <laughs> white people. That's what he says. Anyway, <laughs> it's true. We're like Italian, yeah. white. Like we're like I don't, I, I don't know what they. I think it's a regional thing in the country. I think yeah, maybe like more anti-Semitic black people are in like the Northeast, where like black and Jewish relations are like more contentious. A I little think. contentious. Yeah. I. I. Yeah. Um, I don't because think honestly, like the majority of black people, they don't know that. Oh, they can't point out a white person and be like, that person's Jewish. They don't know. They really, really don't know. That's why the backlash that Jamie Foxx got, got was so weird because black people are like, they, white people and non white people. <laughs> like, like, we don't understand. Like, some yeah. of them have accents, some of them don't. I mean, that that's the that's the thing that like I just I think there's a fascination. Honestly, I do like I, my my friend's grandma when I was in high school, she's black and she was she was she was like, are you a race? And I was like, I don't know. Yeah, because a lot of black you know? people have a hard time grasping that, like even in the, the religious ones or what have you, like it doesn't because, again, it's like like Jewish people in the Bible, I think, are like different than like, I think people don't make that connection. Yeah. And, again, and there's, and, and Ju- there's black Jews, like you know, there's, yes. there's Asian Jews, like the, it's a religion, and, and, but, and it's a people, but you know, like, but also it's all a fucking construct. It's all a construct. It's all a construct. <laughs> because also when, the, when I learned about the Holocaust, I was so confused, Miriam. I was just like, first yeah. of all, I was horrified, of course. That's a that people reaction. would like, <laughs> like I, 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 I was so upset. I was very young, but I was so upset and I was horrified, but I also was very confused. I'm like, but they kill another white people. This is why white on white crime. White on white crime. <laughs> From history. Yep. Cause I was just like, how can they tell that they're not that the same kind of white? I was so confused. Mm-hmm. And because you know why? Because bigotry is stupid and it makes no sense. And it's all a construct. It makes, and like and it makes no sense. I think that's why like my friend's grandma was like, I don't understand because she yeah. grew up in a world where we were boxing everybody 
And it was yeah. like, why are these white people different? <laughs> Like, yeah, we're I, just like, we're, aren't they white? Uh, like, I mean, we know spicy white. You know, we know some Italians are spicy white. <laughs> like, you know. I've never heard you say that, but I love it so much. Spicy white. Yes. Like, but even with Italians, I think what we think of Italians, and I, I have a lot of Italian American friends who are in the business, and they hate the whole stereotype of the mob, and da da da. Right. And I get it. Like, but you don't even realize if you're not Italian American, like. Yeah, people automatically assume that you are connected or you're in the mob or you're a thug or whatever. It's like when I brought my Italian boyfriend home named Salvatore, my friends. That is so true. And I actually have a bunch of high school guy friends who are like, who is this Italian man got their hooks into Miriam? Like, what is? And then they met him and they're like, he's really nice. (laughs) Like, and Sal is like, when, again, the stereotype we have in our head in America of uh, Italian-Americans, Sal is so no, far from He's that. so far away. He's the nicest person like in the world, which makes me feel yeah. bad because like I cannot be that nice. Nope. <laughs> uh-uh. That's why he loves you. He needs a yeah. he needs a spicy white uh wife. I was just gonna say I bring the spice. <laughs> I guess we should get started. Let's this get is started. so fascinating. <laughs> uh I think you are first this week, my dear. So it's me. It's you. Right. So who's your notorious woman this week for us? Okay. My notorious woman this week. I'm so excited to talk about her. Her name, okay is Katie Sandwina. Does she sound familiar? Katie Sandwina. No, it sounds like sandwich makes me hungry. Uh, yes, sounds delicious, right? Yes, it does. Okay, so she was born Katharina Brumbach, but also called Katie. She was born May 6th, 1884 oh. in Vienna, Austria. And she was born in the back of a circus wagon. Oh, she's circus folk. She's circus folk. Oh, okay. Oh, Sanwini, is it? Okay. Uh, I'll wait till you tell me. Okay. (laughs) Unlike what I did last week. Um, (laughs) So I just want to say I got stuff from uh, Wikipedia and something called atlasobscura.com. I got a lot of information from that. Other things too, but those were the main ones. Okay. So her parents were Philippe and Joanna Brumbach. She was one of 14 children. Ooh. Yeah. And and they were both, both of her parents were circus performers. Her father was six foot six inches and a strong man. Oh, that's so cool. I know. So Katie became a strong woman. (gasps) No. Yes. Can you imagine and, having a dad who's a strong man? Like, he's so big. I know, right? <laughs> I Six foot six. I thought my wow. dad was huge and he was like six feet tall. Um, so at when she was two years old, they started, because they ran the circus and they toured Europe. Um, okay, okay. And just like, I think as a family, they probably had other people too. Um, and then... Before she entered her teens, she became an integral part of their act. So she was doing cute little strong woman things at two. Oh my God, that's and so adorable. I, I know, would pay right? Money. I would pay so, money to see that. Absolutely. And 
that's what Europe said. And that's how they <laughs> made their money. <laughs> My God, that's adorable. I know, right? So in her early teens, her father would offer 100 marks to any man in the audience who could defeat her in wrestling. And nobody ever won. She won every time. Oh, my word. I know. Okay. So during one of the performances, this is a very cute story. She met the man who was going to become her husband, Max Heyman. Okay. She was 16 years old and Max was an aspiring acrobat. So he figured if he trounced her on stage, like he would advertise his skills. And this was like a great marketing tool for himself. So he went up there and she soundly defeated him. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. According to lore, like she defeats him and he looks up from his vantage point from the ground and then fell in love. (laughs) like looked up oh that's my kind of guy i think he was like marry me and they stayed married for like 42 years oh i know so because they they get married he starts touring with them and she incorporated him into her act so he's five foot six okay so smaller than her I'll, i'll give you her numbers in a moment um but she would hoist him over her head with one hand and she played one of the acts was where she would play the role of a soldier as though she was going through like a rifle drill and like he was the rifle. No. (laughs) Yes. Oh my God. He's like, I want to be dominated by this woman. Yes. Yes. You know, this is like early, early like BDSM. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Totally. (laughs) But like, get it. Like, get it. Yes. Hey, two consent, consenting adults. That's Ooh. what I'm talking about. Listen, 42 years, they were very happy. Oh. Um, so around uh, the early 1900s, she and her husband branched off from the family circus and they came to the United States. Um, oh, okay. So while she was in New York in 1902, she crossed paths with Eugene Sandow. So he was the leading strongman of the era. He was very, very famous. It's so interesting to hear about people very famous now that we don't even know them. And at the time, they were huge. Yeah. Um, So they decided to face off against each other in a public weightlifting showdown. So they were both lifting heavier and heavier weights until she bested him by raising 300 pounds above her head with one hand. Now, all no. the stuff was written down. I, like, you know, there might be some exaggeration. And I'll I get to that. I don't buy that. But that's what I read. And so I'll share that I read that. But what I do know happened is that he was only managed to raise the weight to his chest. So what we know happened is she did beat him. (laughs) She won. Wow. Um, And that's when she changed her name from Broombach to Sandwina. Sandow, Sandwina. Oh, gotcha. You see see what she did there? Yes. Um, So there, there's, this is a quote. So an unsigned 1946 article in Strength and Health, so this is like 40 years later, credits her with a 264-pound continental jerk 
a right-hand continental jerk of 176 pounds, and a press in excess of 200 pounds on numerous occasions. Now, I just want to throw out there that I don't exactly know what I just said, but I feel like if you're super into weightlifting, you know exactly what I just said, but I know that those are heavy weights and she's really strong. (laughs) Yeah. Anything over, uh, what, 10 pounds uh, each? Uh, Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. You could do 15, girl. You just got to build up. It's okay. I got to, I got to work my way up to 15. Yeah. 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 Get 12.5, you know. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Wow. Um, I mean, I, I do Pilates a lot. Um, so she also, her act apparently included lifting a 600 pound cannon, bending iron bars and breaking iron chains. Um, how, how, (laughs) how, I literally like, wow don't know i don't know um she would also like use her husband as like a weight and also her first baby because she had two babies with him at two years old weighed 50 pounds and so she'd lift the baby and the husband up like with one hand together like now what are they feeding these okay Wow. Okay. That's definitely genetics. Like it has to be. <laughs> it, that is so 100% genetics. I my yeah. my kids, let's see. My kids are like in the 50th percentile, maybe 75th percentile. Totally normal kids. Um hit 50 pounds at like 8 years old. Okay. <laughs> wow. Seven. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. 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 They were like 18 pounds when they were 2. <laughs> Wow. Um, so what's interesting with her is that she always maintained her sense of, of femininity. Now, this could also be part of their selling of her, oh, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. in yeah. 1911, she joined the circus, the Barnum & Bailey Circus. Uh-huh. Um, and they sort of sold her as like the strongest and most beautiful woman in the world. Okay. Um. And that, so some of what I'm saying, I don't know how deeply held these feelings were to her. Because <laughs> um, they they would talk about how she felt there was no contradiction between her love of painting her nails and her ability to deflect sledgehammer blows to the chest. Um, so, I, you know, who knows? But she, like, they really pushed her beauty. And she was... I mean, she was beautiful. She, um, I mean, I guess it's like, I think, I think older, like back in the day, they were more, uh, in tune with like, you know, the idea of like the Amazons and the Greek goddesses. So she's, she's almost like an Amazon in the flesh. That's exactly, I mean, that's basically what it was. There was an article in 1911, uh, in the New York American. And here's a quote. The beauty of her features is positively startling. With her curled upper lip and her classic chin, she has the look of some heroic work in marble. Her throat is a column. Her shoulders and back might have been hewn by Michelangelo. Mm. Um, okay, that's fine. But I, but I, you can tell also that they couldn't just sell her as someone who is miraculously strong. Yeah, um, and I would imagine that before, prior to, because like, P.T. Barnum was like, um, what, what problematic, but also like nice the guy? king of, you know, but the king of like, uh, he's like, you know, the king of 
of spin. <laughs> right. Listen. So like, I bet you she was very, very strong and, and tall and beautiful and mus- muscular. And um, before yeah. that, probably the women were kind of just sold as like freaks, like just strong and yeah. ugly and da da da. Right. So this is a different spin. But I also guarantee that they probably padded the amount of weight <laughs> that she well, was picking up, probably. I mean, yeah. Like that was part of part of the set. Listen, I'm obsessed yeah. with the musical Barnum, like obsessed with it. <laughs> Like, I can sing There is a Sucker Born every minute. I can sing every word. But I won't right now. And you're all very welcome. Yeah. That- <laughs> focus. <laughs> Stay on track, Miriam. Um, but it's it's all about being a king of spin, you know. Yeah. But, I mean, um, it's still, I mean, this is not to take away from her, you know, extraordinary uh, gift of, of performing oh, yeah. and and things like that. But I, I do think it's interesting. That's probably something that they hadn't seen before. A strong woman who was also very feminine and beautiful. And they probably had her done up in curls and, yeah, you know. And so. she also, what I loved about her too, is that she didn't, she had her family, her family stayed with her. Um, she, they, they were together that she didn't, she was able to combine everything and she just lived her truest life. And from what I can gather, she stayed with the circus for many, many years. So I think she was very happy there. Um, Yeah. I mean, you're also with your family doing something you love. And I would say, honestly, if I was a little girl and I saw her, I probably would fall in love. I'd be like, oh, my God, she's the most beautiful. She's strong. She's tall. She can pick up a man. (laughs) I would be like obsessed with her. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about, it's one of my favorite subjects. I think it's one of your favorite subjects too. It was very popular in the early 1900s in Western civilization, um, was eugenics. Oh, so fun. Here we go. I know she keeps popping up. Like what's happening. So around this time, eugenics was so, so popular. And that was partly how she was sold. So with Sandow as well. He was, he had been measured as the perfect male specimen. Like (laughs) they, they were like, yes, be white and strong like him. Um, And so they were like, hey, let's do this for a woman. Mm. And so they publicly measured her and had 10 physicians coming in from all over the country just to publicly examine her physique. What? Oh, okay. And her sta- I'll say her stats because she, she's, she's tall. She, she was five foot nine and three quarters inches tall. She weighed 210 pounds. Um, and then I'm not going to do her chest and her waist and all that because stupid. But, but yeah, she was very strong. She was very big. Um, but like, and they were, they, they then concluded, quote, in every way, according to her measurements, she is a perfect woman by all the accepted standards. Now, yeah. Is, is also, a, five yeah, nine and a yeah. half is tall, but it's not like it's six not a foot giant. two. Yeah. Like you know, no. like like the woman who played Cleopatra Jones. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. Oh my god, you no. love that movie. She oh, was okay. like uh, Tamara Dobson. Was I think she was six or six one. Six okay. Foot one, yeah, you can played, be taller. 
Yeah. No, but what I'm saying yeah. is like that to me, that's like, oh, over six footer, usually, especially for a woman is like, that's considered like an Amazon to me. But this is also early 1900s, five, nine must have seemed like a giant. And then she's muscular yeah. as well. Because 200 muscular. and something pounds of muscle. I bet that was a sight to see. But it's just that they can't even be satisfied with that. It's like, let's just, this proves that the white people <laughs> are superior. Yeah. Which is like, I know, like, I'm five feet tall. I would be like, I will never be perfect. You know? (laughs) (laughs) Right, 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 right. Like, the whole idea of, like, perfect. Wow. Like, it's, and it's, and it, that was, that was part of how she rose to fame. But she herself um, was, she, she, she had the job there and she did that. But she also was a, an outspoken proponent for women's right to vote. Um, into, in 1912, she became the vice president of the 800-member suffragette ladies of the Barnum and Bailey Circus. She was oh. sometimes referred to as Sandwina the Suffragette. Um, oh. And she, okay, I read this in an article, and I'm going to share because I like it. She defied gender conventions of her era by speaking candidly about her sexual appetites. Oh, okay. Now, I mean, Here we go. she got married young, so I just don't know how true this is. But this is the con. This this is what I read. Ready? Mm-hmm. So, reporter says a very discreet question, my dear madam. Are you married? She says, No, I'm not married. I'm single, but nobody dares to end the situation. Reporter, Are you interested in men anyway? Oh, there she is, and she says. What shall I say? Men are like air to me. You can't live without them. Every now and then I breathe good fresh air, you know? I mean, <laughs> I think that's hilarious. I like her. She's tongue in cheek. But I love that because she's strong. Maybe she's a lesbian. I mean. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Like it's, you know, that's also like the heavy emphasis on, um, you know, like feminizing her even more so and like. Right. You know, and it's interesting. I will say, like, context wise, like a black woman similarly like uh, in in statue and figure would be um, um, masculine, masculine, mas- nice, mas- masculine. Is that the mas- word? I, I, ma- mas- masculinized. I think I we think might so. have made that word up, <laughs> but I don't. I think that was hey. correct. And the English language is welcome. Yeah, and we're we're yeah. like rappers. We make up stuff. Conversate is not a word, people. It's converse. But anyway, it uh, now. <laughs> <laughs> so. love it. It's like Twitch, Twitch. <laughs> I love it. Um, but like it. So yeah, There's that the racial part of it, but also even as a white woman, there's that pressure because again, like you said with the reporter, there's that you know that subtext of like, are you a lesbian? So she has to be like, mm-hmm. oh no, I love men and na na na. And like, also especially later on when she's like lifting her actual husband. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. So, but it's just really, but also these are uh, circus folk too. Like, it's all about like the the act, right? Like, so you got to right. push it. Even too, that so. conversation, yeah, was an yeah. act to you know sell tickets to the show. I will say, though, anyone with a sense yeah. of humor that's got a little tongue in cheek about him, especially when it comes to sex, I'm all for them. Like, you know I love what? her. And like she, this. like, fought for women's right to vote. Let's love her so much. Yeah. But also, of course she did, because she's like, I can beat most men. So, uh, yeah. Oh, but you, yeah. And you know my opinion on the government? No, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, she had, so she had two kids. 
Theodore was born in 1909. He was the 50-pound two-year-old. Um, <laughs> and he would grow up to be a heavyweight boxer, which feels right. Yeah. And then Alfred was born in 1918, which as a parent, like, damn, nine years later, you gave birth again. Like, you had a nine-year-old and you were like, no, let's start from the beginning. Let's have oh, an infant. Yeah. Oof. Um, and he grew up to be an actor. Um, oh, and they, okay. But they both joined the act when they were born. I think he, he became an actor of somewhat note, although he's oh. a man I did not go into detail. Um, and they, they do know that they do know that she was very strong. Now, strength historians agree that she was the real deal. Now, in terms of those stats that I gave you before, like I, you know, again, they were, they were the circus. They're telling everybody all the things they need to say, you know, to get yeah, people and like, in the seats. Exactly. She probably, I mean, women are like what competitive weightlifters now like you see people like i don't know like uh, i mean these women are amazing uh, all of the weightlifters i'm like ah again 15 pounds max i have to build up <laughs> to know, 15 like... pounds for each arm so um but yeah but you know again it's also also about like it's like I, I wouldn't be surprised knowing P.T. Barnum the way we do that if it's a right. little exaggeration. But of course, she was strong. Of course, she was yeah, stronger exactly. than the average uh, person, man or woman uh, or uh, non-binary folks, because they always existed. They always um, existed. So it's, you know, so but I, I bet it was a sight to behold. I bet it like like was just so like impressive. I, I bet it wowed like audiences. I'd be like, yeah. wow. <laughs> yeah, so. no, for sure. And she was nearly 60 when she retired. So she was there for like decades. I love that. Isn't that awesome. Okay. And when she retired, this is great. Okay. She opened a restaurant with her husband uh, in Ridgewood, New York, which is like, you know, Queens, Brooklyn area. Um, and so there were large billboards mounted, mounted outside the business, which declared the owner as, quote, the strongest woman in the world. And in the, so they would have like, so I think her husband cooked, her son bartended, and she was like the host. And so upon request, she would bend iron bars and break heavy chains and entertain the patrons. Like she never stopped, really. Oh, I love that. And apparently at 64, she was cautioned by police uh because she forcibly ejected a bruiser from the premises um because yeah. she could because you know there's um, some dudes like i could take her man i could take her yeah she's like yeah like you literally can't no um <laughs> i know that because you were in this room and now you're not in this room and that's because i threw you out of this room and now you're sad that's how yeah. i know um, and then she died of cancer uh, in uh, 1952. She was 67. Oh, too young. Yeah, way that's too, young. too young. Wow, though. But it's yeah, that's way too young. But it sounds like she, I mean, did something she loved because it yes. would suck to be that that height <laughs> and that strong and not enjoy doing that. And <laughs> that would right. suck. And like going to work retail every day. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Or your family forcing you and you're just like, I'm not a freak. I just want to like, I, just, I don't know, put on a, an apron and like sew or do needlework or something right? like, <laughs> like, I don't no. know, you know, but I just love but she loved uh, that. It. Yeah. Oh, wow. Katie Sandwini. 
Sandwina. 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 Ah, yes. they probably put the ah in there because she's a lady. Because she's, she's a, a lady. girl. Yeah. Feminize it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I love her. Thank you so much for sharing that. You're very love, welcome. Love, love, love her. So I guess now, it's my turn, huh? It is your turn. Who do uh, you have to talk about? Well, this week, uh, uh-huh. because we're in the midst of a lot of political stuff still happening, yeah. some of it that has me cackling to with delight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, mugshot, baby, bitches, we got Listen, a mugshot. We got uh, a mugshot. We got Should several. Should we frame that in our homes or is that tasteless? I don't know, but I don't want to see his face. That's I have a friend. I have a friend yeah. that has artwork in her uh, dining room that yeah. I think is so clever. When she first put it up, I was like, I was looking at her sideways because I was like, now I know that this is not your political leaning. She has a picture <laughs> of um, Sarah Palin and oh. uh, uh, Tiger Woods, right? Okay, that's now, weird. She's not a woman that you would think have either one of them, but the pictures are made out of dicks. There we go. That's the one. That's the one. I was like, that is genius. I love that. Oh, God. (laughs) So if I could find a picture, Mm -hmm. but it had to be made of, but with the little hair on them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tiny dicks. Tiny, tiny dicks. Yeah, tiny, tiny ones. So only then, but yeah. So because of we're in this political storm and people getting their comeuppance, people fucked around and they finding out, thank God. Um, Mm -hmm. I thought it'd be interesting to do uh, a notorious woman this week along the lines of that that would may have been involved in another political uh, um, scandal so, I'm so excited okay this week my notorious woman is fawn hall you okay. know who that is no no okay clue. okay this is gonna be good you i think you're gonna know who she is when i get into it so um okay Excuse me. So Fawn Hall was born in Annandale, Virginia on September 15th, 1959. Okay. Um, Now, when she was young, her mother, her divorced mother, um, Wilma Gray, married a military officer, a man by the name of Ronald Hall, who was also a widower, who was a widower with two kids of his own. So when they got married, they cross uh, adopted each child. So they became a combined family, which is really, really sweet. Um, So Fawn grew up in a pretty stable middle class family. Um, Growing up as a uh, as a child, she loved to draw, but she was basically an average student in school. So um, while still in high school, though, she began working part time as a Navy secretary. So. Uh, when she graduated from Annandale High School in 1977, instead of heading off to college, she began working full time okay. um, as a secretary and at the Pentagon. Because oh. this is that area. Annandale is all like in that military yeah, yeah, yeah. area. Uh, now, her mother, so her stepfather was uh, an officer and he was like, he retired. Like at this time, he probably was still an officer. He eventually became a um, a photographer for the military. But so he okay. was a military guy and her mother worked also as a secretary um, for the military. So oh, that's wow. probably how she got the hookup. Yeah, for uh, sure. Because I would imagine even to be a secretary in 
the Navy or the Air Force that you'd have to have like a bachelor's degree. Like, I mean, yeah, I would assume like the amount, the amount yeah. of paperwork in your way <laughs> would be a yeah. lot. Yeah. I mean, but again, this was the 1970s and these are white people. So there's that. Yeah, uh, there's so that, 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 that works. <laughs> now she did. Uh, so for a few years, she settled into this, but she's a young woman. So she's not really sure what she wants to do, but it's a good paying job. It's a government job. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people older than her would probably have liked to have had this job. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. Government yeah, so she jobs this- are like you get all the holidays. You get yep. good pay. You get good health insurance. Those are good yep. jobs. Yeah, good jobs. Um, so she did this for a couple of years, um, but then and she modeled on the side. You know, again, she's a young woman. She's trying to figure out what she wants to do. Yeah, right. Um, and she was a very attractive young woman, uh, even by today's standard. It's not one of those things like, oh, she was attractive. For-. No, she's a very attractive woman. She just um, had. Yeah, she. Yeah. Even she's the kind of woman that even other women are like, oh, yeah, she's really pretty. Like, yeah. yeah. So so she worked as a secretary uh, for a couple years. And then in on February 26, 1983, she was transferred uh, from the Navy to work at the National Security Council uh, for Lieutenant Colonel Oliver Norse oh, North, okay. as his secretary. Oh, OK. Yes. Yep. Yep. OK. Here we yeah. go. Here we go. So, again. She just has a high school diploma yeah. and she's working Modeling. for the National Security Council. Uh, now, her mother, Wilma, Wilma, was the secretary to Robert McFarlane, uh, Ronald Reagan's national security advisor and Oliver North's superior. Okay. okay. So that's probably wow. how Fawn got the job. And then she already had previous experience as a secretary in for the Navy. So... But again, like it is who you know. So it's a hundred percent who she knew. Okay. Yeah, again, yeah. I was just like, how the hell did she get this job? This is like a high ranking. Yeah. So, um, but she know, you know, she knows someone. So, cause her mother at this point is working. If you're working for the national security advisor to the president, mm-hmm. then you mm-hmm. have a pretty high ranking job. You, pro- you probably get paid a fair amount. Yeah. 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 Uh, and also discretion, you know, military family, they, they want to know that people understand and, and are, um, and are not, uh, people who will run up on the Capitol. Um, just saying people oh, who are not, yeah. uh, yeah. treasonous for assholes. Like, you right. Know. For a, for yeah. a random example. Yeah. Right. People yeah. who actually love America, uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, love like America, know. America, not, yeah. you not know, just Nazis. America, right. the version of America that they like, but like America, In, like, right. Yeah, and it wouldn't be we selling secrets. Slavery time, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly, yeah, yeah. So, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, random examples. Go on. <laughs> now, so Fawn began working for Oliver North. Now, unbeknownst to Fawn at the time, so she started working for him in 1983. But beginning in 1981, Oliver North had been he had an assignment that would later be called the Iran. Contra affair, where yes. basically, uh, and it came out. So he ran this this op- this operation from eighty one to eighty six. So he's about three. He's about two and a half years in when she starts working for him, right? Um, and so, for side note, Iran Contra affair is basically uh, a scandal, a political scandal in the United States of America. Um, in 1986, 18, 1987, during the second administration for Ronald Reagan, it actually exploded, that senior administration officials were secretly f- uh, facilitating the sale of arms to Iran, mm-hmm. which was 
the subject of arms embargo. So they weren't supposed to be trading with Iran. And they used the proceeds from the arms sale to Iran to fund the Contras, Mm -hmm. a a rebel group in Nicaragua. Yeah. So under the Bolin Amendment in Congress, further funding for the Contras by the government appropriations needed to be approved by Congress. Right. But the loophole... (laughs) <laughs> but the loophole was that to use non-appropriated funds. So mm. they were cooking the books to saying that these this arms embargo was another part of the. So they were moving money around. It became a yeah. whole scandal to do some underhanded stuff that they should not have been doing. Mm-hmm. So it's like all that stuff we think like third world countries are doing, but we're so much better. Like we did that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And a Republican right wing what? administration did this that's so- that's shocking to me just saying it's not say. that was sarcasm okay the law and order party did this so I thought, I thought it was like law and order like you do everything on the up and up and if you break the law no matter what the law is then we can mm, i can't keep going with this yeah <laughs> now i'm exhausted they must be exhausted okay i i mean only until they get caught so <laughs> right exactly so basically, it was a backdoor scheme. They were doing shit they shouldn't have been doing. And right. uh, Oliver North was tasked with running basically the key person. He would like physically go down there, though, actually. He was doing some James Bond shit, like some Damn. Jack Ryan shit. Like, yeah. Okay, okay Oliver. So now after the sale, so after one sales, um, weapon sales was revealed, all hell broke loose. Like reporters doing their job. That's why uh, yeah. news is important. That's why reporting is important to protect that. Mm-hmm. The press yeah. is important to protect that. Uh, so all hell broke loose. And in November of 1986, Oliver North was fired. Yes. After the news broke. So Fawn Hall, uh, by this time, she was very devoted to her boss and Mm. his ideals and probably Mm. knew what was going on at this point. Obviously, when she started, she didn't know at first. Um, So he was fired, escorted from the building. Um, So she... So later on in Congress, she actually testified that she shredded documents with him because when the word <laughs> broke out, they started mm-hmm. shredding documents, mm-hmm. uh, deleting stuff, altering documents. But she oh, yeah. also and so they were doing this to cover their tracks. And then in June of 1987, she had a two day testimony in front of the United States Congress. And she was the 18th witness during the Iran contract because it was a whole big thing. She was the 18th witness to testify. And during her testimony, she admitted to altering, shredding, and shredding a large number of documents. Uh, She even admitted to, on the day that he was fired, taking certain documents and putting them in and jamming them into her boot to smuggle them out of the office. Damn, girl. To give to him. Because they knew that investigators were going to... uh, come in any moment and go through his offices. Wow. So she also talked about some of her other duties around the operation. Um, and again, she has a high school diploma and <laughs> she confessed to one mishap. So in one mishap, she transposed the digits of a Swiss bank account number, resulting in the contribution from the Sultan of Brunei to the Contras being credited to the Swiss, the, to a oh my Swiss God businessman's bank account instead i mean oops (laughs) 
Shit. So now during her testimony, she was known for that hair, that like very 80s kind of hair. She had great hair. Like I said, she was a very attractive woman. And but she came across as very confident, uh, straightforward, uh, forthcoming uh, and a bit like innocent. Also, Um, she was in at this point, she was in like her mid 20s. Um, And but she also said she was kind of unrepentant. She said, quote, uh, that she believed, quote, sometimes you have to go above the law, end quote. Wow. Okay. She yeah. was like, nah, nah, I think we should do this. Well, <laughs> she still supported Oliver North and okay. she said she believed in what they were doing. Now, journalist Bob Woodward of the famous, you know, uh, Nixon Watergate yes. scandal recorded her legal defense justification. Um, he summarized it in basically this quote, She said, quote, we shred everything, end quote. Now, in 18 in 1989, in exchange for her testimony against uh, North for the Iran-Contra affair, she was granted immunity from prosecution. Uh, so yeah, even though she later she on in an interview, him. she fully helped him, but she also didn't seem, she just basically was like, here are the facts, here are the facts, here are the facts, right? Um, after her testimony, Again, she's a very attractive young woman. So her appearance in the hearings tripled TV ratings. Wow. Okay. That's so funny because <laughs> I was a kid, but like I still remember this. Probably my parents were watching it like because everyone was watching it. Because normally you're just like, it's, it's sort of like Bueller, Bueller. And then yeah. like there's an attractive woman shows up. People are like, oh, who's this? You know? And then everyone's um, talking about it. So when everyone goes home and is like, what's what's going on? And yeah. So because of that, again, uh, it tripled TV ratings, tripled and she became like famous overnight, basically. Um, also, many noted how attractive she was. So th there were rumors swirling that maybe her and Oliver North had affairs because yeah. she did say that her uh, she often worked 10 hours, 12 hours, days. Um, but he categorically denies it. He's like, I've been faithful to my wife the entire time. She also denies it. She says that, you know, she, I think she admired him, yeah. um, but it wasn't, uh, and I think I believe her. It, it, it's no, I, I believe her. It, it wasn't romantic at all. She just, she seemed like a, they, they feel like even though what they did was illegal, these are not the kind of people who would run up on the Capitol. So yeah. they actually seem like they're patriotic yeah. and they thought they were doing their patriotic duty. Yeah, they were wrong, but Yes. Yeah. But that yeah, like when did Oliver North become the good guy? Damn. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> oh, he totally has become the good guy now, right? Yeah. yeah. That's fucked up. All right. <laughs> so now so Also, because of her attractiveness, uh, people started digging into her past. They found her old modeling shots. They also found out that she dated uh, a man by the name of Arturo Cruz Jr., the son of a, Nicara a Nicaraguan politician, Arturo Cruz. Oh, no shit. So they okay. dated for a while. Wow. Um, also, she, uh, Rob Lowe reached out to her after seeing her and wanted to date. So they dated for a while and they yeah, actually showed like up. That feels yeah. like 80s Rob Lowe. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Uh, oh, my God. Rob Lowe from the 80s is so fucking sexy. Anyway. I'm not. I'm not uh, he can still get it. He, he don't want it, but he can still get it. Yeah. But like I worry because he's like aggressively on Atkins and I'm like, you do need carbs. But anyways, that's yeah. very much besides the point. 
Barablo from the 80s? <laughs> Gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, now, so they even attended Jack Lemmon's AFI Life Achievement Award Ceremony in 1988. So they dated a little oh, bit. Wow. Um, Wait, didn't but, Rob Lowe do bad things in the 80s too? Rob Lowe had that. No, he was one of the first people to have the sex tape, remember? Was that what it was? Yeah, that that was the thing. He was sort of like that That whole Brat Pack thing was just young people with money yeah. and, and, and like, like drinking and partying and whatever, but no, his thing was that he, and I think I, be, I and again, I believe him. I think I, I do believe him that he didn't realize a girl was underage, but he was the first celebrity oh. to have the sex tape. But I think the women recorded him. I'm not, I'm now, not- you know what? Don't, don't, don't quote me on that, but he was one of the yeah, first celebrities. We get a lot of trouble. <laughs> yeah. It's all allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. I, I'm remember. misremembering. I'm not remembering correctly, but that's, that's what you're remembering. That whole sex tape thing. I mean, and the girl was oh, like okay. 16 or 17. Like she was under age, oh, but she it was, was like close. And it yeah. was like two of them but, or three of them or something. And people were like, Oh my God. And it's like, um, so, so he still was in his bad boy days, but still so gorgeous. Look up young Rob Lowe. I'm telling you guys. Um, So she also scored a coveted sit down with Barbara Walters herself. Oh, yeah. Which is uh, for the story today. I referenced a lot of it, sourced a lot of my information from that, as well as like other online sources, New York Times, you know, that kind of stuff. But yeah, yeah, that Barbara Walters interview was really interesting because they went back to her parents' home and her parents is normal. She basically is a wet dream for people who are obsessed with the girl next door, the American Mm. girl next door. Yeah. Because she's actually the conservative American girl next. Door. Yeah, I mean, even yeah. for those of us who don't buy into that, I'm like, oh yeah, that's an attractive woman. Like she, okay. nowadays she would have her teeth fixed right away, which she probably did eventually. <laughs> um, it's not that they is were. Still- it's, it's just that they. She just needed braces or something. Like, but she even with that, like when you Listen, see her, you're like, oh, she dated Rob Lowe. She didn't need anything. Exactly. She, you know what I'm saying? She perfect. Exactly. Except for her right wing leanings. But other than that. Yeah. So now, so in the interview, Barbara Walters mentioned the whole Oliver North kind of thing. And she again denied it. um, And she mentioned his wife who she knew. And she was like, no, they're, you know, he and his wife are lovely people. And uh, Barbara mentioned that some people say that um, her brother had recently died around uh, during this time. And so many people speculated that Oliver reminded her of her brother. Okay. I mean, not everything has to be sex, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just, and she even says in the interviews because, you know, and Barbara's like, it's because you're beautiful. And so you're working late. So people, and Oliver North, uh, uh, illegal crook that he was, he was not a bad looking man. He was not. For his age at salt and pepper hair. And you're like, oh, he he looks great in a suit, like in his uniform. And like, um, so that's why they thought. If I liked men who committed fraud. In the name of the United States in order to support um, bad people doing bad things. Um, yeah, then I, that I would be turned on. Yeah. Miriam, <laughs> it's all relative. Because, again, I don't believe that Oliver North would have run up on the Capitol. Like, no, but I, I could I be know, wrong. But, like, but wasn't he, wrong. like, supporting people who were, like, trying to destroy? I mean, I don't really I don't know. know. I don't but know. I, I could be like wrong. Some of that support was, like. That backfired, you know, I mean, like in a bad way. The whole Reagan, like, 
like I mean, and yeah, years is very like in retrospect, we're like that was fucked up. Like the whole trickle down theory. It's so funny. Recently, they had a report trickle down theory, which was a Reagan thing. Reaganomics yes. doesn't work, yes. and most people are like, "No shit, Sherlock." Yeah, no, <laughs> no fucking, no fucking way. Really? Yes, I know. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but that was when Republicans pretended to be good people, at least they um, did. And you know what? Bring that facade back. Bring it back. <laughs> Bring it back. Just say, repeat after me. Nazis are bad. Nazis are bad. Nazis no, no, no. are with, bad. With conviction, Nazis are bad. Nazis even the Republicans. There you go. There you thought, go. Even the Republicans Nazis thought bad. Nazis were bad. Yeah. Like, yeah at let's least go we're back not Nazis. Time. Now they're like, we're fucking Nazis. All yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, exactly. So, so she again because she was a young, attractive woman. After her testimony, she went briefly back to work as a secretary, but that didn't last long. Um, so she imagine. decided to pursue a career in Hollywood. She was signed by the William Morris Agency. Oh. Uh, she posed. I believe it was Playboy. I don't think it was Penthouse. Um, and she, but it. She doesn't. I don't think she really had any like acting. Cause she, she is beautiful. Say, like she's like, yeah, she's, she's like, be- like Michelle Pfeiffer. Be- like she really is a beautiful woman. If okay, she really like, wanted to become need, an like, actress, they need training. And, yeah. That's the word I'm thinking about. But you know, when you don't have acting or, you know, uh, entertainment career aspirations beyond modeling, um, you know what you can do? What? You can find a rich husband. Yeah, you can. Uh, and that's what so, she did. I mean, she was well on her way to doing that. Uh, Again, she, you know, dated around and like, you know, again, she was also very and she is likable. I will say that watching her, you can't help but like her. Actually, she's very likable. She comes across as very likable and charismatic. Um, And so this, you know. And also, what is she going to do now? She can't go back to working at the Pentagon, like especially if that it doesn't seem like that was ever her like dream. Like it was just like her mother's like, this is a good job. It's a good government job. Like, let's just take it. So now she has other avenues open to her. So she came out to Hollywood and she struggled because, again, I think she probably didn't really was like, I'm going to go out there and be an actor. I'm going to go out out there and be a singer. I'm going to go out there and be like. who've never who've never acted because acting doesn't look like it's hard or there's any technique involved at all. It looks like people are just talking. So when you actually start to have to act, it's like, oh, shit, I don't know how to do this. And it takes years to become like even kind of good. So, yeah, it's true. um, And, you know, despite all of this, again, doing something that's illegal at the highest level, political level, she and which is a very notorious thing to do overall, the public seemed to support her. And I think because she was like pretty white lady. Like, I mean, pretty white lady in the Reagan years. Like, pretty white lady in the, because I don't remember black people being like, I think we were just like, yeah, that, that tracks. We we're like, yeah, of course these all of them are crooks. Of course yeah. they are. <laughs> but I, but she didn't get any backlash. Is my point, yeah, like, which is really interesting. interesting. Um, and also because she's young, attractive blonde woman. Uh, like I said, she had a lot of options. Um, in April of 1993, she married a man by the name of Danny Sugarman, a former uh, manager of the Doors. A sugar uh, Danny. Do you see what I did there? The sugar Danny. A sugar daddy. Okay. Now they, I mean, they were, I think they're pretty well matched in age, close in age, not like too, too close, but like, it wasn't like he's like in his sixties, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, But Danny, 
unfortunately had a heroin problem Oof. previously. So they got married. They had a, they had a storybook wedding, uh, mar- uh, wedding, and then they went off to Thailand. While okay. in Thailand, they started smoking opium. That's not a good idea. Opium. And I don't know if he told her that he struggled with um, heroin addiction or, um, you know, but they, it's like, dude, you should not be around um, opium. Like, no, you should not, not, you know, you should go to Hawaii. Yeah, I was going to say there are other vacations. Yeah, you should go to Hawaii and have like, coconut and like mm-hmm. a little yeah. poi you know delicious yeah. some pineapple mm, yeah so fresh so yeah. fresh uh they yeah so he so they they were s- smoking it and this was sad because then in another interview in i believe it was 2005 with with believe it or not o'reilly from formerly of fox news what's his name oh bill, bill o'reilly yeah, yeah. Um, and when he was younger he was not an attractive man even when he was younger no i know um yeah he so it was really sad so they were actually recounting how so she tried it when she was there she said it didn't really do anything to her like actually oh, okay. uh um marijuana did more to her and like in high school um and she so she was just like ah but she had no idea that it kicked off his addiction oh shit like it just like he went into overdrive so then he started immediately started like scoring scouring the streets while they were still on their on their honeymoon jesus that did not last long no so then when they came back to um uh and i'm sure it's like pure over there like you're getting like you know so when they came back to LA, he was going out like acting really weird. Like, and she was like, what is going on? She's like a new wife and da, da, da. And like, and then he admitted that he had this drug problem and he was actually, uh, when he couldn't get heroin, he was uh, scoring crack. Uff, okay. So then she's just like, well, I want to try it. Let me try it. What? Why would you? No, let me get you help. Okay. You know, what? No, when your husband tells you or your significant other tells you that they have a heroin or a crack problem, the, so it's just very odd. And the, well, she seems like, to go along with a lot of bad ideas. Let's, yes. let's, let's start there. I feel like she's just like, yes. And to anything, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, I don't mean to laugh, but oh my God, Miriam, that is so true i also she feels she feels to me like a specific kind of white woman that white supremacists are trying to recreate over and over again the kind of white woman that's like yeah whatever you want to do honey a strong man Uh tells me to do this so let's try it yep don't stand up for yourself don't yep while looking while looking like her also yes exactly like she but you're right. She totally goes along with bad yeah. ideas. So Crack he gives cocaine, it to let's her. Let's go. Let's go. I mean, what the fuck? Immediately okay. she's hooked. Yes, because like, that's what it does. Immediately she's hooked. She starts going out on her own to score on the streets. Jesus. Okay. This goes on for like, so they got married in 93. This goes on for a long time. So much so that her parents had to come and like, like, force their way into their home 
and she hid in the bathroom and they were like, we're here. They're so supportive. They're like, we, we're going to put you in rehab. It didn't hit. It didn't take both of them. Like it only took actually. Um, so this, they were like in deep, 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 um, uh, like addiction. Do do. <laughs> yeah. Deep addiction. Um, and it only, so they went to rehab once or twice, but it only took when she had a non-lethal overdose in 1994. Oh, okay. And then that time when she went to rehab took Danny Sugarman. Now, so in this, this like, I think it was current affair or I forget which program it was, um, that they were being interviewed. It was actually kind of sad and sweet because he was just like, you know, do you, the people are like, do you feel guilty? You know, he was like, of course I do. Like, nice. Yeah, I I love her. Like I brought her. I'm killing myself, and now I brought her into. Also, now we're killing ourselves. Like together. Like no. Like of course I feel guilty. Like, but eventually they they were able to get clean, um, and and rebuild That's their lives. Amazing. And even in that interview, though, you could see she's still attractive, but you could see. I mean, drug addiction. Uh, yeah. It's just really. If it had been meth, they both probably would have died within like yeah. a year and a half, two years. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So he, so they got clean and they were doing this interview and they were still together and they were, you know, making their way back to each other. Cause he, obviously he had some money, um, or at least they had a home. Um, and he, uh, but they stayed married until he died of lung cancer in 2005. No shit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so now in 2007, she listed uh, their home, uh, for about $2.5 million, uh, now that home is just, worth eleven million dollars. I know, but. <laughs> probably twenty. Now, um, hopefully, she used that to, like, you know, you know, maybe buy a smaller place and just live her life. As right. of two thousand twelve, she was living a quiet life in West Hollywood, working at a bookstore and basically okay. staying out of the public eye. Um, I was able to find like a two thousand seventeen or fifteen up. Uh, no, actually, it was more recent photo of her, like at one of those newsstands that are very uh, ubiquitous here in L.A., uh, yes. where they're kind of like on the street, you, you, like those. They're nice newsstands, but they're like on the corner usually. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, She was with some guy. He posted it on his Instagram. But, you know, she still looks good. Hopefully she's doing well. I, I mean, yeah. this is a crazy, crazy life. But that is Fawn Hall political like like notoriously political <laughs> scandal to like battling drug addiction to crack damn like she's fascinating her life is fascinating but i also think it's interesting what you said like i think there are a lot of women that we don't like to talk about who are like, yeah, that's, that's a terrible idea, but yeah, let's, yes. And that like, yeah, let's see where I, this takes us. I, I really feel like it's important. Like we, you know, in our society, you see a lot of like girls in STEM and, you know, we're, tr we're trying to undo some damage, but like, that's part of it is that basic, you know, it is pervasive in society that women should be the sidekick. I mean, yeah. and that is why you and I do what we do because we're like, absolutely not. Yeah. And let's talk, you know, and this is a good sort of example, I think of a woman who, you know, we, I mean, I, I had to battle that and I was taught, you know, to 
to trust myself and love myself and work hard to, you know, I was, you know, my parents did as much as they could, but society is going to society, man, you know, like. Yeah. And I mean, it sounds like she grew up because in the Barbara Walters interview, her family's pretty close. Like they just normal, yeah. like what you think of, like what you want, like they're a blended family, but they're close. They joke easily. They get along and they loved her. Obviously her parents were horrified yeah. and heartbroken and they did their best uh, to come and rescue her. And she even said in the later interview that, you know, they were there for me and they were like, we're not going to abandon you. We love you. Uh, and she's like, yeah. you know, you can't really, you know, when you're deep in addiction, you can't really accept it. But she's like, it really meant a lot to me. Um, and I hope that she has learned a lot uh, from those experiences, because it's also just a varied, like, crazy, like something you would write a book about. Like, you would never think that she yeah, this like kind of life. Yeah, like story is, is really, really fascinating. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. And I, and I, I don't know, like, I, I guess like, I like that now she's making her own life. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I hope she's happy. Me, I hope she's happy too. Like making her own choices. And I hope in herself. I also hope that she didn't run up on the Capitol January 6th. I'm just. Girl, I really uh, hope that you are correct. Because I got you, girl. I got you, Fawn, girl. Unless. We find out, yeah, yeah, that you were your boyfriend, your new man, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I ran up down the Capitol. Mm -hmm. I, I can't, I can't get behind yeah. that. But I think that's the <laughs> the line we draw. The line is getting lower and lower, Lavetta. Like it's really Girl. low. <laughs> but I had to say, black people like. Yeah, that tracks. We ain't surprised about none of that. Only white people are like, oh my god, they were taking the Capitol. It's like, yeah, yeah because they're not getting their way. I'll and I'm glad these motherfuckers you. are starting to go to jail. I'm so glad. I'm yeah, so that glad. is really, really satisfying. I'll be honest with you. I okay. I was teaching, mm -hmm. and my client was like, "Look at this," and she turns on her TV, and I saw it, and I swear to God, I was like, "Oh, huh." I mean, that's bad, but let's get started. <laughs> like I because because so much shit has happened yeah, for the past yeah. like four or five years that I was like, it feels right. You know, and then it's horrifying. And then I was like watching CNN for like 27 hours straight. But like, um, well, it's also horrifying for us as black people because we're like, because the hesitation is what allowed them to get as far as they did. Yeah. Because they're hesitating because they're like, oh, these are white people. And nah, nah, nah. it's like, no, well, these motherfuckers are coming in there to like kill Congress people. Yeah. 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 And it was like, do I have, do I, do I have my passport? Is it up to date? Yeah. You know? We need you guys. <laughs> and now they, you know, obviously after it first happened, they, everybody was horrified. And then they all were like, you know, just like, uh, not at all mealy mouth, but I'm so glad to know that Merrick Garland, no. uh, yes. a, um, a patriotic Jewish man. Yes, man. Uh, Mary Garland's like, not on my motherfucking watch. Mm -hmm. I might be a, 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 what do you, you guys might think I'm a meek Jewish man, but nope. I, I got he's a like, big stick and I'm going to whoop some ass. Okay. He's like, you should have let me be a Supreme Court justice, <laughs> but you did it. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Mary Garland's like, I'm going to get you. I'm going to do it on the, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it on the QT because you don't see me coming. You don't think I got that bite in me, but motherfuckers, because these motherfuckers are starting to go to jail, getting have like real time. Yep. 
17 years, let's go. 23 I mean, years, that, let's go. Listen, these are real jails, too. Yeah, I mean, if, listen, this is why this I shouldn't be in charge. <laughs> I, I, should, I, I, I shouldn't be in charge because I bring back the guillotine. Fuck no, that. I know that. <laughs> let's chop off some motherfucking heads, okay? Okay. You treasonous feel- motherfuckers, you gonna die. <laughs> Levetta justice. I have some public hangings. <laughs> I put traitor on your forehead. Shoot. Oh god. Damn. No, and matter of fact, this is why I belong in Game of Thrones. Matter of fact, bring yeah, back you the guillotine. Uh-huh. I have traitor written on your forehead, and yeah, I will stack yeah. up all of the heads <laughs> as a warning. And try that again, Square. motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. This is why this see this is why I don't go into politics. So <laughs> no. That might be like a little bit much for society. But like I hear you. I just yeah. feel like that again, they're going to real jails. Yeah. And they're like, these are the people that were like, stop trying to make jails better and wasting my tax money. Have fun in those jails. Okay. Yeah. I mean, only, <laughs> you know the only sad part about it is that jail is very like uh, segregated racially. So they're just going to go in there and just join neo-Nazis. But I hope the neo-Nazis give them a, a welcome to jail yeah, but the, uh, you know, they, visit they like, before. Listen, those neo-Nazis need to hold on to their jail power. And the yep. only way to hold on to their jail power is to do what they do. I'm saying, you know, do what they do. Saying, like, so. jail I, I should be Oz. a totally different situation, but it's not. Right. We privatized the shit out of it. And now it's a problem. And those are the people that really like that. So I hope, you know, once again, please to enjoy. (laughs) Yeah. And also because a lot of these these like, yeah, let's go up in the Capitol are a bunch of uh, fucking wusses. Oh, they're gonna crumble like yeah because i don't want to go to jail jail sounds terrifying no jail sounds like a bad idea no but that's why i'm not running up on the capitol so that was that was why i no one even invited me and attacking i know right and attacking (laughs) policemen congressional policemen attacking people that they say that they uh and then some of the uh white officers were saying that they were trying to talk to them like come on brother come on over to our other our side and then if they were just like no (laughs) then they attacked them yeah yeah like all these like blue lives matter motherfuckers you know like oh okay do they because you just attacked one so yeah again Mm -hmm. you don't want me in power off of them motherfucking heads traitor Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> What's that old medi- uh, medieval thing where they would put the heads on spikes? Yep. Yeah. Let's bring that back. Okay. Lavetta would do mm-hmm. well in those times. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes, I would. Like you gotta like. Yeah. So anyway, on that note, guys, uh, want, listen again show. next, Le- next Le- week. Le- uh, Hold on, Lavetta Justice. Next <laughs> week, <laughs> another That's man, another douche bucket loses his head. <laughs> Off with his motherfucking head. That's why I watch like Game of Thrones. Like, kill them all. Like, why we? Why we playing? What, what's the one? That, the woman that they hated in uh, Game of Thrones, Cersei. I don't know. The I one that was with her brother. I, did, I, I know the one that was like having sex with her brother. Uh, oh God, yeah. Uh huh. I know exactly what you're yeah. talking about. Yeah. I understand her. About. Just, just kill them all. That, that, that's it's kill to be killed. That's what we doing here. Like, okay. Yeah. All right. On that. Who note. cares if I love my brother? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that people that's gross oh yeah actually Hell. that's a bad idea it's a bad idea no thank you uh, and it won't be good for the kids so on that note guys <laughs> or society we'll in general okay 
you know, if you want more of this, let us know and we can put this on the Patreon page, um, which oh, yeah. you can uh, support us on patreon.com uh, slash notorious women if you want to give us a little moolah. Uh, help us out with uh, some cash. Yes. Um, also, you can all you can also do something that's absolutely free. You can continue to download and listen to us. You can also refer us to your friends, and you can also write a five star review in the Apple Store. So please remember yes. to do that. You can also follow us on all the things. And Miriam is going to give you uh, even more specifics about how he can help us and where you can find us. I also want to mention if, if I don't know if Stitcher is still around. Um, no, I think it's going away by the time it, this comes out. Yeah. yeah. Okay. By the time this comes out. Okay. Cause if you, yeah. Okay. Then you're not listening to it right now. Never mind. Um, we're everywhere else though. So it's fine. Um, Spotify. Spotify, Apple, iHeart, Red Circle, iHeart. Yep. Check us yeah. out. Give us a five Don't star even review. Know. <laughs> um, you can email us at notoriouswmpod at gmail.com. Um, and you can find us on Instagram. It's so easy. It's Notorious Women Podcast. It's very obvious. Just type in Notorious Women Podcast. There we are. Um, and you can DM us there if you want to do that as well. And yeah. that is what that is. Yes. Well, guys, thank you again for joining us. And we will see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Produced by Audavita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.